In here, we are looking into tailored decisioning. You get the data with the right level, expose them the right way for any subject matter experts, right? These get trust into the data, but more importantly, can, de can deploy the tailored decisions to support the problems they, are, they have at hand. Whether it's about late order management and optimization, yeah. whether it's about quality optimization, whether it's about energy performance optimization. Growing a business requires a holistic approach that extends beyond sales and marketing. This approach needs alignment among people, processes, and technologies. So if you're a business owner, operations, or finance leader looking to learn growth strategies from your peers and competitors, you're tuned into the right podcast. Welcome to the WBS Podcast, where scalable growth using business systems is our number one priority. Now... Here is your host, Sam Gupta. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the WBS podcast. I'm Sam Gupta, your host and principal consultant at independent ERP and digital transformation consulting firm Elevate IQ. Most manufacturing companies are barely automated at the plant level. The premise of Industry 4.0, specifically Industry Data Ops, is high, but it requires companies to have a centralized command and control. Just like a supply chain control tower, the operational control tower will receive data from the plans and uncover operational efficiency synergies. Whether you talk about energy consumption, predictive maintenance anomaly detection, or process bottlenecks. But what is the process of building operational control towers and which technologies in the market can help with that? In today's episode, our guest Sliman Alaf shares his insights into industrial data ops and why companies need an operational control tower to gain insights into centralized process efficiency. He also provides his insights into how operational control towers are likely to be similar as supply chain control towers as companies gain maturity with their industry 4.0 operations. Finally, he discusses the differences between analytical and workflow technologies and compares several similar technologies in the market from the industrial data ops category. Let me introduce Sliman to you. Sliman is industrial engineering, consulting, sales and business leader with extensive experience in manufacturing, industrial technology and management consulting. Today, Sliman leads Cognite's manufacturing vertical, helping global manufacturers leverage data and scale technology to build agile, future-ready systems in support of their current and next generation operations. Sliman has a PhD in industrial engineering from the Institute Polytechnic, the Grenoble. With that, let's get to the conversation. Hey, Sliman, welcome to the show. Hey, Sam, thank you for having me here today. Really glad to be here. So excited. Happy really to spend this time talking about myself my company and my passions. Yeah, and I am super excited to have you as well because the kind of insights that you are going to bring to the table from the industrial data ops perspective, which is a very emerging field, not 
really sure how many companies really know about it, but it's going to be so fascinating to dig, dig into those stories. Just to get things off, do you want to start with your personal story and your current focus, Lemon? Absolutely, absolutely. So, yeah, started uh, 25 years in the world of supply chain, the world of software, and the world of operations management. Yeah. I have to say, uh, leading organizations from solution organizations, sales organizations, and global organizations, and uh, supporting medium to large size organizations into their business transformations yeah. underpinned by digital journeys. That's really what I've been doing over the past 25 years. Um, John Cognite a few months back, and I'm as such leading the uh, vertical uh, manufacturing, so the manufacturing business, driving uh, really customer centricity yeah. and really a value-based approach to our customers. Okay, very cool. So obviously, it's going to be so much fun to dig into what you are going to do in your role at Cognite. Uh, obviously, they are doing amazing things. There is no question about that. So first, we are going to be covering one of the standard questions that we ask every single guest. And Sliman, that is going to be your perspective on business growth. Oh, my God, business growth, right? I think the first one is about resilience. I think everyone knows it yeah. with COVID. Everyone speaks about resilience, right? Yeah. And I do believe that resilience is not only about the value chain and everything that you see, but as well, how really the rubber, where the rubber hits the road, right? The operations, yeah. how to make your operations predictable in support of resilient value chains. That's one. Second, I do believe it's all about sustainable growth, right? I think that uh, everyone has an agenda called sustainability. And I do believe that like many others, right? And like many other organizations, sustainability needs to be part of really the end-to-end -end business. Yeah. Right? Think of sustainability for manufacturers like... Uh, Omnichannel was for retailers back in the yeah. early 2000s, right? Yeah. That second. Third, uh, in my opinion, really, it's really breaking the silos, right? In the past, you had supply chain, you had operations, yeah. you had product, you had engineering. Now think of breaking the silos and really drive cross-functional approach across yeah. the organization, right? And that's uh, really, for me, one, one big lever for growth. And fourth, uh, many speak about Industry 4.0, yeah. right? Uh, what that means how it helps drive more efficiency across the business. Yeah. What does that mean? How to apply it are really critical points for, 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 for really tailored growth. That's really how I see it. Okay, amazing perspective there. And, you know, one of the comments that you made is, uh, you know, Omnichannel was in 1990s, I guess, for retail. But I don't know how many retailers are really there in their capabilities. So any of the trends in the market, they take long time before these companies can really adopt. So obviously the newer trends are great and we are going to be talking about, you know, how industrial data ops fit in the industry 4.0 strategy. I don't know how many manufacturers are going to be really familiar with how to take advantage of these newer emerging trends. Uh, obviously the bigger companies are probably able to capitalize on that, but the newer companies probably don't understand so the best way to start this is going to be probably pick a story that you might be familiar with and describe the business model, you know, what the company did, what were their core challenges and how uh, industrial data ops, if that's what they did, how they utilized industrial data ops to solve their problems, whatever problems they had. Absolutely, absolutely. And let me start really with, um, I have a couple of, um, of customers in mind, right? Okay. And I think they all share the same topics. Okay. So they invested heavily into, you know, advanced planning solutions. Okay. They invested heavily into ERP, into yeah. other execution solutions, MES, and you name it. 
Yeah. Right. I think the big issue they faced is as soon as they published a plan, that plan was obsolete. Right. And I think there was very good reason to that. That plan yeah. was based on, I think, wrong, wrong actuals, wrong constraints, and you name it. Yeah. And um, that that closed loop, right? Everyone that was aspiring to that closed loop PDCA was unfortunately not happening. Right? Yeah. What that creates is a lot of frustration, you know, amongst their 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 planners, among their shop floor managers, yeah. their shop floor people. Yeah. And I think that really it got really to the point of the of the leaders to say, we need to do something different. Right. right? We have invested a lot in systems. Yeah. We have invested a lot, a lot into our people. Yeah. We do have a lot of data. Yeah. Right. To your point of industrial data ops. How do we now start and build things another way? Right? Yeah, yeah. Getting away from that paradigm of integrated planning and execution. So industrial data ops has been really a new way for them to say, I have a lot of data. Yeah. I can make sense of that data, right? That data used to be on data lakes. Great, yeah. fantastic. Now, how can I leverage the data and put it into an operational context? Oh, very interesting. Yeah. So we got into addressing that element of getting the data out of data lakes, putting it into an operational context in support of tailored decisioning. What tailored decisioning means, it's no more like the traditional, his SNOP, his supply chain planning, his uh, factory planning or scheduling or slotting problem. This is more a new way of looking into exceptions, what good looks like, look at the exceptions, do root cause analysis and drive either through artificial intelligence or machine learning, yeah. the right way to improve the performance and the efficiency of your assets. So that's really how many of our, so these couple of, ex- of leaders yeah. have really thought of leveraging the data another yeah. way, building from that foundation up to the this new talent, this new user uh, systems that really yeah. were able to enable the tailored decisions to improve efficiency, to improve sustainability, to improve quality, yeah. and we learn to improve as well throughput for in their systems, in their operations. Okay, so very interesting. And I like the way this conversation is going to be going right now. And honestly speaking, there are a lot of different layers to this conversation. So first thing you mentioned that, you know what, they had a lot of different systems. Uh, obviously the APS that you mentioned, the advanced planning and scheduling system, a lot of bigger companies are going to have that. And that is typically that they typically introduce in the architecture or in the facility when they have had some sort of scheduling problem. So it's good that you know they at least had the APS, ERP, MES. But as you have correctly pointed out, that you know they still had the problems from the scheduling perspective because as soon as you produce the plan, that was becoming obsolete. Okay. So now the direction that I want to take in this is going to be that okay. So there are two layers to to the architecture. One is going to be slightly more analytical layer. The second is going to be slightly more workflow centric layer. Now, when you look at the ERP MES systems, they are designed to enable the workflow, the cross-departmental workflow inside the organization. And then you have the analytics layer, which is, you know, you mentioned the, uh, you know, data lake on top of that, probably your industrial data ops platform is going to set the analytics has, has a place, the workflow has a place, they both, uh, you know, have a place in the architecture. But typically, you know, in my experience, people get confused when they are talking about the analytics layer versus the workflow layer. In some cases, they are going to think, you know what, if I have really strong analytics layer, maybe I can kick out my ERP, <laughs> you know, maybe I can kick out my MES. But that's not how typically Absolutely. it works, right? 
So in your case, do you see this as more of the analytical uh, workflow or do you see this as more of the operational workflow where your operations are going to be connected, the way your ERP or MES connects and provides that, that binding thread? Excellent. So it's a very great question here because I think you are really touching really where data ops resides today. Yeah. Analytical is indeed an enterprise-wide initiative, right? right. And you have a lot of information, yeah. a lot of, you know, time series and historians yeah. and you name it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The issue is with that approach, you are lacking the operational context. Yep. Really what makes your operations so specific. So, yep. right, whether, what differentiates a factory in Kuala Lumpur from the, another one in Buenos Aires from another one like in the suburbs of Prague, as an example, right. in the case of that customer. So that's the analytical approach. Yeah. Now, the workflow approach is very site-specific. Yeah. It's fantastic, right? It gets you really the site-specific information, but unfortunately, yeah. it doesn't scale across sites. It doesn't allow you really to start to think about your operations as a whole. So it's really, it really gets you into local optimization, locally understanding every site as if it was unique, a single site. And it doesn't allow you really to scale across all the sites and yep. have really, really a true view of your operations and how these enable your, your resilient value chain. Yep. So that's one. Second, I do see that the, the how can I say, that workflow-based approach, it's still a silo. Right, because okay. the traditional players were really looking into throughput as really the key focus, right, okay. and efficiency, but maintenance and other type of system, right? And some talk about predictive maintenance on other type of systems. Yeah. Some talk about quality as another type of systems, right? Yeah. And unit sustainability is another type of systems. It's more reporting rather than planning and, and optimization. So I would see that really um, the, the this workflow-based approach doesn't yeah. allow for that cross-functional management of your operations. Right? Okay. So where is industrial data ops into, into all this? Actually, it's the blend. It's the best of both worlds. Okay. So think of us getting that broad enterprise-wide analytical approach yeah. with the specificities, pulling in the specificities of each of your operations, of each right. of your sites. That's really what industrial data ops is about. That's why. Moreover, I think that over the past, um, how can I say, couple of um, years, uh, some of these, uh, some of these, I, I'm thinking of really a leading consumer package good in health and beauty organization yeah. is really thinking, thought that there is a silo in between the in product engineering department yeah. and operations, yeah. right? And as, as we all understand that with all these, you know, frantic new product introductions, with all this, you know, uh, time to market, the importance of time to market to keep differentiation, it becomes extremely important to align engineering as well as product department with your operations department. Yep. So engineering and product will give you that average recipe, that average bill of process. Yep. It's very important to get really the, the specific concept or the specificities of your production sites into this so that you have a first-time right approach and you yep. get your products first-time right uh, to the market. That's also something that we see that, unfortunately, analytical approaches doesn't support and workflow-based approaches doesn't support, do not support as well, right? And that's why we have been really investing as Cognite in that area. Okay, very interesting. So I actually want to go back to the story to make sure that we, our listeners, are able to follow along. So in that story, you mentioned that you know they had the state-of-the-art architecture, uh, they had the MES system, they had the ERP system, uh, they also had the APS. 
my assumption of the architecture you know and the way i have spoken to some of the other guests who are also in the industrial data ops space uh, the way they like to describe this and you also touched on this that you know this is going to provide you far broad, broader in the personalized context and then you know you can take actions based on that but it is actually not going to really do your job you are still relying on the data from your ERP, from your MES, uh, from your historians, because they are feeding the data. Now you have far superior layer sitting on top of that, which is going to be AI machine learning. And now you are actually getting the context. Now that context can be fed to a workflow system. It could be ERP or CM, CMMS or whichever system they might be using. But for the most part, the role of the industrial data op system is going to be to really study far deeper study, because now you have machine learning on top of that, uh, along with you know all of this disparate data that you are getting, and you have the operational context the way you describe, because you know other systems are not going to have as operational Absolutely. context as as you are. So in this particular case, did you end up replacing any systems, or did this was just an introduction to be able to help and assist the other system with the insight that they were lacking? From the planning perspective, you, you see, planning is providing a fantastic perspective, right? But again, a plan is, uh, as we said, really as good as it is, as long as it is being established and yeah. as bad as it is once it is published. I think where we are, to what we are seeing right now, especially in the world of today, right, where there is so much variability in demand and supply, yeah. there's a need, right, to go from planning to execution. There's a need to have a more real time slash right time approach right to operations management so you have new orders coming in you have new constraints because of machines that are failing here and there yeah you have obviously some raw material issues you might even detect that some machines you know are, are may generate some quality issues of your of your web or your final products yeah right so in there there is a need to have a different approach towards your operations it's no more about planning and execution okay. it's as close as execution as possible to drive the insight and the decision right as close as possible this is what i would call almost an operations control tower right i'm okay. sure you have have heard a lot about you know many uh, of 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 my you know predecessors speaking with you talking about supply chain control towers right yeah. think of supply chain control towers fantastic right but they all stop where the rubber hits the road which is the photos of the factory now we are going into the next the next generation which is operations control tower and this is really what i'm promoting here today alongside you know this data ops platform Please. very cool so i don't know how many companies really utilize the supply uh, chain control towers to be honest uh, you know when we speak to our customers not everybody sort of has the connected supply chain which is going to be for a broader state of really connecting pretty much everything and bringing together the supply chain and then they are going to get the insights that they are looking for to fix the supply chain and you know those are the issues that we are facing at now you are talking about the operational control tower here, right? So the way I see this thing is, so obviously the traditional approach to analytics was inferior. We all can agree on that. Now, every department I am speaking with right now is trying to ask for that tailored insight. They are trying to ask for the insight that is going to be contextual to them because they only care for what matters to them. They don't care for what matters to everybody else in the organization. So the parallel that I'm going to draw here, and I don't know if you are familiar with customer data platform, okay? Customer data platform is more from the commerce perspective, from the e-commerce perspective. The whole idea of the customer uh, data platform is going to be you are trying to 
tie the identity of the customer as the customer is going to travel through different channels across the platform. And that is typically a very difficult job. Uh, it's not that easy. So here you are looking more from the operations perspective and you are trying to provide the centralized insight across the resources and how you can optimize that. Am I reading this right or not? Absolutely. Absolutely, right? So I think you, there are quite a few fundamentals that, okay. that really matter today to operations. The first okay. one, segmentation, right? Okay. Segmentation of the business. I think it's relevant, right? The concept of segmented supply chain, yeah. everyone knows it. How you apply element of segmentation into operations today in order to address your uh, you know, late order management or even your scheduling problems, right? This, yeah. uh, this is one of the issues. That's one. Second, um, I do believe that once you manage these operations, right, as you said, you can do it in a very, how can I say, siloed way, right? Yeah. Uh, you mentioned throughput, you mentioned maintenance, you mentioned quality, et cetera. Now yeah. think of it as an integrated approach, right? And indeed, in here, we are looking into tailored decisioning. You get the data with the right level, expose them the right way for any subject matter experts, right? If these get trust into the data, but more importantly, can can deploy the tailored decisions to support the problems they, are, they have at hand. Whether it's about late order management and optimization, yeah. whether it's about quality optimization, whether it's about energy performance optimization and you name it, right? So that's really what we are talking about. So that's the second concept. Okay. Link to the prop to, to, to your customer uh, platform, I think, you know, and to what we called earlier the supply chain control tower or yeah. even by the matter operations control tower, I don't see it just as one initiative. I see it okay. as a journey, right? Okay. Some uh, organizations adopting supply chain control tower paradigms don't, do not do it in one year, but yeah. I think there's really a long-term journey and that's really, really a paradigm that adopt where they can want to get the data one more from multiple sources, consolidate that information so that then they can give that single version of the truth across the organization. Yeah. We are trying to do the same, uh, but I think with a faster pace because we are focusing only on operations. That's really what, what matters. But it, again, it remains a journey. That journey is about really adopting the right use cases that generate value for the various organizations. We mentioned quite a few of them, but yeah. then be able to scale these quickly across all sites, right? So that it moves not only from one site to multiple, but across sites, across your operations, across your value network. Okay, very cool. So let's go back to the story and we are going to touch on the specific, uh, you know, use cases and the customer, sorry, the user journeys in terms of, okay, so initially we agreed that, you know, whatever systems and the processes that they had, that was obsolete, that was not working. So we introduced a new fancy toy called industry data ops. And, you know, this is going to solve all of our problems. I, I get it. Now, you know, we are going to be talking about the specific use cases and the KPIs. Uh, you know, what what are the problems from the specific KPI perspective and how the system actually set in the architecture? What kind of data uh, elements did it acquire from many different systems? What it did and finally, what did it produce? So can you walk us through that entire journey of the specific use case or the KPI in this specific story or the engagement? Yes, yes. So tell me, so I think let's start really with... Um... Let me think of uh, an organization, one of leading manufacturers here in Norway, right? Yeah. I think one of our customers. Yeah. These guys started uh, with, uh, you know, deploying a few use cases around, call it predictive maintenance. Okay. Right? Let's call it predictive maintenance. Okay. Consolidating data from multiple sources of systems, right? Okay. And being able then to optimize or to improve uh, their um, assets 
performance okay. uh, from and service level moving from 92% to 96 97%. Okay. I think by doing so by doing so um one of the root causes right for their performance was not really around getting these time series and being able to adopt right the latest technologies in terms of uh, predictive maintenance but more around what they would call getting all the signals from their machines okay. right can be heat can be speed can be the way they cut right some of the parts etc and being able to consolidate all that information in a contextualized way so okay. consolidate that, that these operations and be able then to have to move from the traditional predictive maintenance into what I would call condition monitoring so being able to monitor the conditions of the assets okay over time and be able then then to drive the right the right uh, how can I say predictive operations uh, to, uh, across the shop floor so improved availability that's one okay second improved throughput i think that we so th that's that i think that uh, that's a consequence of that right to increase throughput from uh, around the 5% um sustainability uh, is driven by a reduction of energy consumption okay. right so think now that you are not only looking into reporting on on energy consumption but also being able to optimize your operations by looking at the way you you consume the energy at the time of the day different based on really varying costs right factors and that's really uh, led into reduction of um, of energy consumption by circa 10% right so it's not what we did for each of these right uh, use cases but really yeah. you look at the holistic picture improved throughput uh, improved uh, how can i say uh, reduced energy consumption yeah. uh, improved maintenance but also improved quality as 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 a consequence of all that okay so very interesting obviously you know my listeners would like to improve all of this you know those are real kpis if they can improve uh, that's going to be a real financial gain for any company but obviously they are going to have probably million questions in their head right now uh, you know uh, let's say if i am trying to do this for my company what am i going to do uh, what do i need to do uh, in terms of gathering this data so are we talking about let's say you know i don't know if this going to be industrial data ops is going to be some sort of software i am trying to install that you know I plug it on and that's it you know it's going to be done or uh, do we need to have things like historian that is actually going to feed the data or is are you going to be connecting directly with the plcs or the machines how is the interaction happening in terms of the data gathering and after the data gathering what all these companies need to do to be able to get the same throughput and the energy consumption that you are talking about right now you see i think there is an element of indeed being able to get the, all our these organizations sit on such an amount of data tremendous yeah. amount of data right yeah. and being able to basically to consolidate that data and and uh, integrate into the you mentioned the mes the historians and you name it yeah. absolutely so that's that's one right but i think being able then to drive that data consolidation and contextualize the data ie link a data coming from a tag with a specific machine yeah. and link it as part of a, an assembly line right this is really what it where where the secret sauce is about right and do do it not only for one site yeah. but to do it across all sites right and i think for that uh, this is not about manpower this is yeah. really about being able to understand all the data you have and put the right intelligence artificial intelligence to consolidate the data right as part of um consolidate the data as part of our data load and uh, and, and contextualization approach that's one second it needs about making making the data available right for the end users yeah and for that you need to have subject matter experts 
right, uh, citizen data scientist uh, who will be able to, to, to do the heavy lifting for you. Okay. And here we're not talking about a heavy, like a heavy effort, right? So in that, in, if with that customer, they were able to deploy over 18 uh, use cases yeah. with two with two FTEs in less than 18 months. Yeah. So we're talking about a year and a half. Okay. Right? So think of 18 use cases deployed across multiple sites yeah. with their first sources of data, right? And all this in less than 18 months. Okay. So it's not only about the use cases, right? It's not only about the value you generate. There's clearly value by pulling data from operations to drive this, these real-time insights and that real-time decisioning. But for me, the most important thing is how long will it take you to do it? What are the platforms that you can leverage so that we are moving away from just data consolidation, or data yep. load and data consolidation, but put it as a practice into data contextualization, correlated dynamic semantic layer, or this in support of, of theory decision. Yeah, very interesting. So one of the challenges that we typically hear from you know our listeners and the customers when we talk to them, obviously everybody nowadays uh, are everybody is talking about uh, either the AI machine learning. Uh, everybody is trying to claim how much capabilities they have uh, in terms of doing the predictive maintenance. Uh, because obviously that is the main pain point for a lot of different operations manager. So what I am going to do now, I am actually going to do some name drop here, okay? Uh, and all of them are, you know, typically try to claim that they probably have similar capabilities. But let's say if I'm the executive of the manufacturing organization, I need to know what I am buying and if I'm buying a comparable piece of software or the technology uh, to be able to decide whether it is really going to do what it is claiming to do, okay? So I don't know if you are going to be familiar with these companies, the companies are, uh, you know, machine metrics. Uh, that is very, very common and known in the manufacturing space. I don't know if you come across them. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you consider them as your competitors, but obviously they uh, try to claim they are probably trying to do similar things. Uh, the second company is Raven.ai. That's the AI-based company. That's how they started. The majority of the use cases that they are covering are similar to what you are trying to do. They don't like to position themselves, as far as my understanding goes, as the industrial data ops, but I am interested in hearing your perspective. Do you consider them as your competitor or the industrial data ops? If not, why not? Where you are going to be different and how you compare yourself. The other company I am going to be mentioning here is going to be the real industrial data ops company, which is the Pluto Shift. Okay, and I don't know if you come across them, if they are not part of your market, uh, so they are the real industrial data ops company. We have hosted them and we discussed this problem with them as well. So now considering these companies, where do you think these companies fit in the architecture? What are going to be their capabilities? Where they are going to fall short? Where they are going to be strong? Are they positioned in specific industries? So talk about each of these companies and talk about their capabilities from your perspective. Okay, so uh, I'm not sure whether I will approach it by talking about them versus talking about Cognite, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, as yeah. opposed to them. So let me talk about Cognite. I think it's better, right? So the first one is really around the data contextualization. So industrial data contextualization. So that's yeah. one. So um, being able to pull the data from um, various sources in the world of manufacturing yeah. and being able to apply the right technology around knowledge graphs, et cetera, yeah. to drive the contextualization, right? Of, of um, and, and really build, don't want to call the buzzword, the operation digital twin yeah. is really the first one, right? It's really what, where, what where our strength is. Okay. So it's first about data, that's one. 
Yeah. Second is not do is not doing it for one site, right, or doing it for a specific technology, but being able to do it uh, across multiple sites by looking into various data sources across multiple platforms. Yeah, right. Which I think is not really the strength of two of the players you mentioned. Okay. We do it. We are we are source agnostic. We're able to consolidate that information based on really what the manufacturing bill of process is about what the manufacturing uh, how can i say end-to-end uh, operation is about right that's okay. really where our strength is that i don't see with the others now that's second third we are good in reading the data i do believe we have some elements of uh, how can i say unique value value proposition around condition monitoring where okay. it's different from historians and different from time series on which yeah. we build AI so that then you can drive elements of, of, of predictive maintenance. We are more into, as I mentioned earlier, uh, the uh, condition monitoring, which really around reviewing and monitoring the condition of your assets. Yeah. And based on all these signals, being able to drive proactively some elements of maintenance or quality, right? So that's really where, where we are at today. So indeed, our strengths, is the way that we pull data from various sources, being agnostic, right, of these sources. That's one. Uh, that's opposed to the, the first the first example that you mentioned. Yeah. Second, being able to consolidate that data way faster in the industrial context okay. and being able to do that across sites with the right elements of machine learning so that we can scale and we can deploy fast. Yeah. Second. And third, indeed, we are not as good as uh, some others when it comes to AI, et cetera, right? And how to deploy AI. But yeah. we have an open architecture and we're able to import AI models as well as machine learning to, or, or machine learning models into our framework so that we can deploy them faster, but on the strength of this more contextualized data. Okay, very interesting. So one of the things that you mentioned is this being source agnostic, and I definitely want to learn a little bit more uh, about that. So when you say source agnostic, uh, you know, as far as my understanding goes in the manufacturing environment, especially in the operations, as we know, when we are going to be looking at many different hardware, they are going to have their own way of producing the data. And sometimes the specs or the, the data that you are going to get, it's, you know, fairly unreadable. And probably that is the reason why a lot of uh, you know communities are working on the canonical model model at this point of time for the data set so that they can communicate in one language with all of these devices so here you are saying you are source agnostic so can you expand a little bit more on the how does source agnostic work from your perspective and why the other companies that i mentioned in the same category they are not as source agnostic as you are Okay, so so you see, is there were really loading all this data yeah. uh, from various sources, right? Understanding, understanding the operations. Uh, what what I mean by operations is not only about the bill of material, but as well the associated bill of process, yeah. and how this translates into a specific site. Being able to consolidate the information from various sources for that specific site, which means. Across an assembly, across assembly lines for a specific assembly line for a yeah. specific machine yeah. for a specific part of the machine, call it a valve or whatever, and being able to get tag information right and really be able to link the tag with a machine with 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 that specific asset in that yeah. specific assembly line, etc. That's really where we have developed our own intelligence on how to really consolidate and really build that knowledge graph 
from the tag, from the historian, yeah. all through the asset hierarchy, right, and make it and 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 leverage not only unstructured structured data but a lot of unstructured data uh, to to build that knowledge graph. Being able to do it from one site is yeah. is critical. Then being able to use that intelligence to deploy it across multiple sites is as important, right? So that's what I mean by source agnostic. Okay. We put that intelligence so that we can consolidate that information across multiple across multiple sources. We build it from one site, and then we're able then to replicate that across multiple sites by leveraging machine learning techniques. That's really what we're where where our unique value proposition is about very interesting so obviously you know there are going to be a lot of questions in that description as well for Absolutely. our listeners and one of the questions that you mentioned is going to be related to tags so maybe you want to touch a little bit more on the tags themselves so uh, you know uh, how are these tags going to work are these tags going to be that you are simply you know pulling a number and you are identifying that asset or is this real time integrated with a device that is actually producing some sort of data uh, you know so do you want to touch a little bit more on the text how do text work uh, it, it yeah it all depends really of the business problem we want to solve right as you know the more okay. data you consolidate fantastic but the more it costs you as well right yeah, yeah. and i think so there is an element of real time versus right time discussion that we may have at another time sam yeah but uh, really what what it is about is really being able to consolidate the tag information so load the tag information call it so a time series uh, at the frequency you wish, right? And that's really what's important, that the frequency that is relevant to drive the right decision process, the right information to drive the right decision process. So um, that's really, you know, so that's what I mean by being able to link it to link it to the tag, right? And consolidate the tag information uh, as part of the asset of, um, of um, yeah, of, of a factory, data asset of a factory. Very interesting. So let's talk about some of the journeys of your uh, you know, customers and the engagements that you are working on right now. So what is one of the common barrier that you are seeing? And obviously your goal is going to be to install the operational tower you know, with every single manufacturer, but obviously they are not there yet. You know, It's going to take a long time for them to have the operational uh, <laughs> control tower. Uh, you know, They don't even have the supply chain control tower, <laughs> which is probably a bigger pain right now when we look at the supply chain. <laughs> So in your experience, what is the common barrier that you are seeing that, you know, you are not able to install the operational control tower the way you would like to have? See, I think I would go, the first one is about digital maturity, right? Okay. I think, yes. So I think you you are touching on this, right? I think through your questions, digital maturity. I mean, it's important to say that not all organizations have adopted supply chain control towers. And I'm sure <laughs> that not all organizations will adopt that fast an operations yep. control tower. That's, yep. that's one. Right. So um, uh, digital maturity is one and uh, really executive sponsorship to drive, really to think on how really, um, you know, uh, to, to how a digital initiative right, can drive this business transformation is critical. Uh, I'm thinking here. Uh, so that's one. Second, uh, I do believe it's all about data and data availability. Right. As you said, uh, many go and dream of this uh, lighthouse and uh, shiny greenfield operation, right? Yeah. But many face indeed brownfield and it's all about how to get the data, right? Yeah. Whether the data is digital, whether it's analog, etc. So being able to consolidate all that information. And indeed, I think it's up to us, right, to take the challenge and show that we can consolidate that information as it stands today, right? To, to basically start and, and start with the first use cases that they believe can drive value for them. That's second. Um, I think third, beyond data, 
is you know the aspiration of what to do with the data right i see a lot of our customers starting to think about their talent yeah right but it's not and it's not about the talent it's really what is this new tool what is with new apps that the talent needs to leverage so that the talent remains engaged that talent remains committed right to the company i do believe that many organizations have many opinions right on how how to drive really that uh, that that uh, talent engagement right uh, tools and and processes but uh, i have seen many organizations starting to think about these immersive experiences right by leveling to right technologies uh, whether it is uh, through uh, you know ar etc and uh, and really uh, put that in place yeah so these are for me the three top three challenges that uh, that we can address one way or another right as part of the journey yeah those are indeed the challenges and that we personally see as well um, you know that's definitely going to be a challenge uh, respective of which digital technology or journey you are taking so thank you so much uh, for uh, listing those down now uh, you know that's it for today do you have any last minute closing thoughts or remarks for our listeners you see i think when you really look at all our engagements i think of two best practices right the first one is you know when when you want to look into uh, a strategy a digital strategy you need to establish what is your last your lighthouse right strategy to adopt and grow your digital program that's one yeah. i think that's critical the second is while you think of that lighthouse i think you need to have uh, really an open approach to an ecosystem to digital and that's really where i see really the data ops platform being critical it is as part of that really open approach ecosystem approach and it's there where the data gets out of you know the systems that you mentioned the silos and get exposed really as part of one consolidated um, you know approach towards towards this new decisioning towards this new uh, decision makers on the shop floor managers and leaders Okay amazing and my personal take away from this conversation is going to be the operational control tower is definitely a powerful notion if you can figure out you know how to implement that so at least pay attention to how you might be able to enable and then you can really hit the same throughput kpis or the energy consumption kpis uh, there are a real financial gains available here uh if you really know how to be mature digitally and how to implement this on that note asliman i really want to thank you for your time this has been a powerful episode thank you sam thank you for your time thank you for having me today of course you cannot thank our guests enough for coming on the show for sharing their knowledge and journey i always pick up learnings from our guests and hopefully you learned something new today if you want to learn more about asliman or why manufacturing needs industrial data ops head over to cognite.com hyphen industry cognite.com forward slash industry forward slash manufacturing it's cognite.com forward slash i-n-d-u-s-t-r-y forward slash m-a-n-u-f-a-c-t-u-r-i-n-g links and more information will also be available in the show notes if anything in this podcast resonated with you and your business you might want to check other related episodes including the interview with Ma- Martin Cloak who discusses different barriers associated with artificial intelligence and industry 4.0 adoption also the interview with Pratik Joshi who shares his insights 
into the operational data platforms and their role in the enterprise architecture for manufacturing companies. Also, don't forget to subscribe and spread the word among folks with similar backgrounds. If you have any questions or comments about the show, please review and rate us on your favorite podcasting platform or DM me on any social channels. I'll try my best to respond personally and make sure you get help. Thank you. And I hope to get you on the next episode of the WBS podcast. Thank you for listening to another episode of the WBS podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform so you never miss an episode. For more information on growth strategies for SMBs using ERP and digital transformation, check out our community at wbs.rocks. We'll see you next time.